RJ. And I'm Adam, and you're listening to Showgaze, a movie musical podcast. We're a Jersey boy and a music man who left the chorus line in Chicago and are listening to the sound of music goals to help pay the rent for your pleasure. Wizard of Oz. Wait, why did you have the Wizard of Oz? I needed a button, a bat. I needed a ballad, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Can you just button it, please? This is showcase. Gaze. We have a very special guest in this episode, um, straight from Madison, Wisconsin, uh, by way of Madison. She hails from Minnesota. Our friend Molly. Hi, Molly. Hello. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming to Florida. <laughs> thank you for visiting us. To do this one Showgaze episode. That's the only reason I'm here. Yes. You're number one fan. Thank you. So I'm very excited to be here. Um, do you want to tell a little bit about how... Allie's going to write in an angry letter and be like, I'm your number one fan. <laughs> do you want us, do you want to tell a little bit about how you know us and talk about us? I would love our, to. No, she wants to do a corrections corner. Oh. Well, I could, I could <laughs> oh, that's do both. Right. So I know RJ and Adam because we went to college together. We were in the arts and society learning, learning community, community freshman year. Oh and God. we would hang out in RJ's room. Every day and watch Golden Girls. Yeah. Um, and Is that it's a naked guy? A good time. Yeah. And yeah, so that's how I know these two schmoes. And correct. She just meant Moe's, honestly. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it's not a it's not a correction. I mean, it's more subjective than a correction. It's the subjective but subjective side editorial corner. corner. Yeah. Editorial corner. Um. So you guys. Did last five years, my request. Yeah, about my, about last five years ago. <laughs> oh. I'm sorry that I don't come to Florida on the regs, just to correct you. But You're on the rag right now? <laughs> okay, so you guys were... <laughs> yeah, really... Not even dignified with a response. <laughs> no. um, you guys were really harsh on Jamie in the last five years. Yeah. And I feel like you have to keep in mind... Your puppy wants to go. <laughs> no, um, I think you have to keep in mind that Jason Robert Brown wrote it with his first marriage as the basis. So he is Jamie. So he is Jamie. So yeah. if you're going to write a musical about your own marriage, you have to be a little bit self-deprecating or else you look really, really bad. And I also think that you're not... Being... Or, you, or you turn into Neil LeBute. Yeah. 
<laughs> and I think you're not being hard enough on Kathy. Like, he's ultimately the one that cheats, but, like, she also has unrealistic expectations of needing constant intimacy from him. Yes. And you need some space in a relationship. I don't think that's crazy to the ask The only for. thing that I will counter with is yeah. that in the film, they focus way more on, on her, Jane. like, yeah, on her, yeah. reactions and everything. I feel like more so than in the show. Like, so I feel, feel like, like they give a more balanced approach in the stage production, Whereas in the movie, I felt like they were really like going in for those close-ups when he was like mad at her, and she was like, uh, "I'm upset." But like that doesn't, like that's a directorial choice. That doesn't make her a better character. But yes, yeah, but in it, through it that gives portrayal. you more sympathy with her. That's what it's supposed to do. Do you think that's just because Anna Kendrick is a bigger star, so they just wanted to give her more screen time? Um. No, Even I though feel Jeremy like Jordan be... is a real dreamboat and he should be in everything. I mean, he's gorgeous. <laughs> I don't think he was like the perfect. Um, really? What's his name? What's his Jamie? name? Jamie. Jamie. I don't think he was the perfect Jamie though. When it first he just got... looked really young through the whole thing. When it first got cast, I like couldn't believe how young they were, but then I realized that they're actually supposed, supposed to be really to be young. That and it's just that Sherry Renee Scott and Norbert Leo Butts are like, like they were too old. Yeah. When yeah. they first got cast in it, really. So. I don't know, because I thought Anna Kendrick also seemed really, really young. Yeah. Anyway, I just think that that it's not... You guys you guys thought through a really strong feminist lens, and I appreciate that. But You're welcome. We did think, it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's ultimately the point of the musical. I think you're supposed to see both parties as somewhat equal, um, somewhat equally at fault. Or else it's not fun. Well, we did Hello, Dolly this yeah, week. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Okay, let's do some quick history. History. Hello Dolly. So Hello Dolly was not a musical first before the movie, or it was a musical first before the movie. It was a musical before the movie. Oh, it's so okay. Um, the musical debuted in 1964 on Broadway. It's based on the 1955 play The Matchmaker by Thornton Wilder, which is a revision of his 1938 play The Merchant of Yonkers. I'm surprised Thornton Wilder was still writing in the 1950s. I know. I feel like he's just. I think because his. Everything he wrote about was, like, very turn of the century, yeah. so I see him as, like, him as he that. was ancient, but he was probably not that old. Um, Friedrich. Because I think, technically, I think yeah. technically our town is, like, late 40s, early 50s, too, Yeah, is when he that wrote it. That actually does it. make sense. Um, so uh, it's based on The Matchmaker, um, and then the movie uh, premiered in 1969, it stars uh, Barbara Streisand as the titular Dolly Levi. Titular. Titular. Choo choo choo. Walter Matthau is Horace Vandergelder. Horace! Michael Crawford plays um, Cornelius Hackle, and he ends up going on to per- be the original Phantom and Phantom of the Opera on Broadway, and I think in the West End, too. Um, Marianne McAndrew played Doll or no, sorry. Marianne McAndrew Mary Ann McAndrew. Oh. Played Irene Malloy. Barely. And <laughs> Damn Shay. Damn. And she um she was like never in anything else. And And she was dubbed, you said. Yes. So like why are you even Yeah. Who are you? And You're not what are Audrey you Hepburn. That's not cute. And E. J. Peeker was Minnie. And Louis Armstrong was 
Louis Armstrong. Armstrong. I did not know Louis Armstrong was alive during the turn of the century. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. It was a 20th century Fox production. It's uh, it was released in December 1969, and its budget was 25 million dollars. Would you like to know what it made? Yes. A crazy amount. 26 million dollars. So hot million barely made the cut. So barely, barely. But made they it still, back. they still had to pay like ten million in. Yeah, the the backers there. lost like ten million. Oh, they lost. It. Well, apparently, okay. So I'll talk about just a few things. So, um, so we'll talk about one of like some of the crazy stuff that happened. So, um, one of the things was that Walter Matthau and Barbara Streisand, um, hated each other. Like, could not stand to be around each other. They didn't talk to each other. He refused to talk to her unless it was in the script. So, unless he had a line directly for her, he refused to, like, speak to her at all. Which is just, like, did they you're have, a child. Did they have previous history, or was it through They just didn't get film? along. They just didn't get along. And then, apparently, he is famously quoted as telling Barbara that she had no more talent than a butterfly's fart. <laughs> That was the best thing he could come up with. Do butterflies fart? Probably. Do they have gas? Do do they have little buttholes? I mean, they have to... Poop somehow. Poop. Everything shits. Everybody poops. Oh, that's right. Everybody poops. Um, so that was the thing that happened. Um, they, like, couldn't stand each other. In fact, in the last scene, when they're, like, getting married, Uh he refused to kiss her. So when they shot it, they shoot it in such a way so you like can't really see them kiss, and it's like from a distance. So it's but they're yeah, not actually to touching the chapel, lips, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny because they don't when, actually touch lips. When you when I when we watched it, I was super hyper aware of how n- they barely like made physical contact. But I feel like of all the musicals, it's fine for this because it's literally a movie about her being like, I'm settling well, because, for your money. Well, yeah, yeah like, because most of it, they're kind of like, nee, 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 nee. Like, they're very... They're just big yeah. Yeah. there. Yeah. So it's fine. It would not have worked if it was like another... <laughs> if it was like most other stories. Um, another... So apparently a story goes that one time during filming Walter Matthau and... Michael Crawford went to a race, a horse race, and they were betting on, uh, there was a horse called Hello Dolly in the race, and Walter hated Barbara so much that he was like, I won't even bet on this horse, because I just, I can't stand her. And then um, Michael Crawford did bet on it, and he got, he won, Dolly won the race. So Walter refused to talk to Crawford then. (laughs) What a little bitch. I know. (laughs) It's just the most extra reaction. Just childish. So that was a thing. Um, Another thing that happened was, um, so the filming was actually done in 67 and it was supposed to be released in 68. Um, The original contract for the film was that they were able to release the film either um, in 1971 or when the original... um, run on Broadway ended. So up until this point, Broadway shows did not last like more than like two or three years. Like at the very most, they were like three years. This was already on its fourth year and it was like going on forever because 
the director of the um, Broadway production who actually made the contract about the stipulation of whether the Broadway show had to be closed or had to be 1971, mm-hmm. whichever was first. He recast it in 1969 with all black cast, which revitalized like the show's oh, cool. attendance. Wow. And so then it ran for another three years. Starring Pearl Bailey, the voice of... Um, when you're the best of friends. Yep, the voice of the owl in um, uh, Fox and the Hound. So that was like crazy. So they had to actually, 20th Century Fox, who did the film, they had to buy out the contract, basically, mm. in order to release it. Wow. Which added another one or two million to the budget. Because they didn't think that their show was going to run that long. And then they were just like, it was sitting dusty on the shelf for a year, and they were like, we need to release this. So at least some person of color, other than Louis Armstrong, did benefit from this musical at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I, rem- I know I've heard about it, because that... That, like, changing the cast to an all-black cast was, like, such a crazy thing, but it yeah. was so good or whatever. I don't know. Barnaby oh. was murdered. The kid who played Barnaby was murdered a couple years Hometown after murders. this movie. Um, and we'll be discussing that on My Favorite Murder. I'm <laughs> I'm uh, Karen Kilgariff, and this is Georgia Hardstart. My favorite murder. I'm, I'm Elvis. Elvis, you want a cookie? <laughs> Amazing. I don't this know is gonna... such an in-joke for like four of you that are the Venn diagram of people who like movie music. I don't know. My favorite murder's big. Also, they're going to sue us for copyright infringement. <laughs> That's fine. They have a trademark on You Want a Cookie. Oh, so this was the most expensive movie musical ever made. It was $25 million, which in 1967 to th- to money day, was insane. this day still stands to this day? At the time. Oh, at the time. At the time. What's um, the greatest of all time? Do you know? I have no idea. I'm sure Les Mis. The movie? The movie? The movie was all stripped down, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very it bare. Had lot, it it had didn't seem of... like it was super expensive. It wasn't lavish. Someone do a Google. In the way yeah. that this was. Um, so it was the most expensive musical ever done. Basically, 20th Century Fox... Um, they wanted to recapitalize on that Sound of Music money from 1965, mm-hmm. so which had won, which had made them so much money. So in sixty, let's see, sixty-seven, in sixty-six, they decided that they were going to make three big budget musicals, okay. and they were going to release them sixty-seven, sixty-eight, sixty-nine, because okay. they were like, we're going to capitalize on it. But attendance in film at like movie theaters was down. Nobody wanted to see musicals anymore. This was essentially the last big budget musical. In, for like 30 years like this was so it was took them so long for anybody to then do a, a movie musical after this um the three musicals were uh dr doolittle in 67 star in 68 and then this in 69 and none of them like really made their money back as well as they wanted to so then in 1970 20th century fox only released one movie that's how broke they were oh my god <laughs> didn't start making money again until a theatrical re-release of The Sound of Music in 73, which wow. is when they started making money again. Which is crazy to me. That is crazy. What um, was that? Middle and Star? I've never even heard yeah, of that. Yeah, I've never heard of that. Star with an exclamation point. Oh, oh, well, with an exclamation point. Oh! Oh, Star! <laughs> you said it wrong! Star! <laughs> um, and then, um, some people considered for Dolly were Liz Taylor, but she couldn't sing, Doris Day, Shirley MacLaine, uh, Carol Channing was never 
thought of um, because they didn't think she could carry the sh- the movie on her shoulders, even though she carried the whole show on her shoulders on Broadway. And she had won the Academy Award for her role in um, Millie in the movie in, like, a couple years before. But I feel like when they say she can't carry it, it's not like she doesn't have the talent. It's like, we don't think that people will come just to see her. Yeah, right? it was the Audrey Hepburn, yeah. like, well, we can't have Julie Andrews do it because who knows her. Right. But speaking of Julie Andrews, apparently she turned the role of Dolly down, which that was a good. That's she's fine. like, yeah. I'm not. No, I'm not. You're not a Jew from New York. It's fine. So uh, the only musical in the top fifty most expensive movies ever made is Tangled. <laughs> that doesn't count. That doesn't I know, but that's the only movie that has a musical. All right, fine. We'll never know. Um. Yeah, those were the those were the big stuff. You can still find the set on the twentieth century lot, the New York yeah. set. The the what's it called? The gardens. The yeah, the Harmonia Gardens like facade is still there, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, it took them a month to film that sequence, and the studio and the like restaurant itself was three stories. Like, that's Amazing. how crazy. I mean, you can see how they spent twenty five million. Yeah, yeah. You it's can definitely insane. watch the movie and you're like, well, I see every dollar bill yeah. that was spent here. Because even during the parade sequence, like, every extra in the background has a costume. So many people in that parade scene. And they had to, like, build facades because they had just built Century City behind the back lot. So they had to, like, build facades so that you... It was so crazy. It's crazy because you can clearly tell it's their sets, but they were so detailed. Yeah. That was the old... That was the old old golden age. Yeah style of making movies because they knew that they would make a swooping like shot that they would recede back and show the the scene bigger yeah. so i felt like they had to build i mean this was just all before cgi anyway like you had to create it if you wanted to have it seen you had to, you had yeah. to be physically there yeah which is just crazy mm-hmm. um that's pretty much it though okay oh the song love is only love is not in the original. It was not in the original. They wanted it. They wanted Jerry to add, Jerry Herman. They wanted him to add a song so it could be, so something could be nominated for best original song at the Oscars. So he used this song, Love is Only Love, which is actually uh, the same song that he tried out in MAME, but didn't end up being in the end production um, with like a different beginning intro where she's like, Horace, Horace Van Der And the producers were like super mad because they were like, you just palmed off this song. Okay, that's it. Personal connections. Um, so I was in it when I was little. I also used to watch this all of the time. Like this, Sound of Music, and Mary Poppins, I watched, like, those were the three musicals I watched the most as a child. Probably Music Man too. Not as much, though. Um, but I know, like, every word. To, they can they can attest that I know, like, every yeah. word yeah. to this movie. Who were you? Who did you play in it? I was just in the chorus. I was, like, a little... It was, like, a theater, theater community production. Mm. And I was just a little... I was a little waiter. I had a little bit with a tablecloth, and one performance I like tripped over the tablecloth, and then the audience still clapped, and I was like crying. It was amazing. Oh, what about Molly. you, Molly? I played Ernestina Simple in a community theater production the summer between 
high school and college. Oh. It's the last musical I was ever in as a performer, and it was a really fun time. And I was originally just cast in the chorus, but the girl who played Ernestina dropped out, and the director pulled me aside, and he was like, you have to do it. And so I was really excited about it, and I got to wear a crazy, like, 80s prom dress, as because, yep. like, it was, a, it was like a community yeah. theater, so they didn't yeah. have, like, real... Turn of the century, Turn of the century. Gowns. so it was like an eighties prom dress with a big feather boa. It was a real fun time. Oh, yeah, Mr. Vandergelde. And I got to make up a really obnoxious laugh for it too. Can we? Can we hear a bit? I of don't it? know if I remember. I'll do. I'll, it was like. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I hate it. <laughs> um, I had never heard of this musical until Adam brought it up when we first, when you first ever brought it up to me. And the first time I watched it was in college. You had never heard of it? How is that possible? I mean, like, through, like, just regular pop, like, YouTube watching Kennedy Center Honors videos right. in high school. Oh, but, you like, knew, never, but you knew every, that the show existed. Every year at the Kennedy Centers, they do. Yeah, they, uh, <laughs> well, you, they always did a Jerry. Um, I mean, I just had, like, no, I had no idea what any songs were from it. Okay. Oh, gotcha, okay. Um, until you, yeah, you, you showed me the movie in college and I was like, oh, these songs are from this? Oh, like I had no idea, um, elegance and put on your Sunday clothes. Yeah, yeah. Sunday clothes. Did you know that the song Hello Dolly was from this? Or I knew that, that one. Was that a revelation for you? I knew that one tag, but Hello yeah. Dolly, well, Hello Dolly, it's nice to have you back where you belong. That's it. I didn't know the full song. Or what the, like, given circumstances of that song were. <laughs> to this day, I still don't understand. I still don't understand why she was going around with Horace all day, and he thought that she was supposed to be babysitting his niece. Well, so. we'll get to him. We'll <laughs> all right, let's start the fun, kitties. All right, so we open on um, Dolly, and she sings a song called, hold on, why can I not think right now? Just leave everything to me. Yes, just leave everything to me. She's having a ball of a time. She's having a ball of a time. Directly looking at me. Yes, she starts (laughs) the song, and she's she's immediately broken that for me. Yeah, she's like... Hello, I'm Barbara Streisand. Is that the only time that she does that too in the movie? I was trying to think of she a scene. No, she does it at the end. She does it right at the end. Oh, you're right. Well, at least it bookends. It's a framing device. Wow, yes, it's a framing. Wow, wow fellas. <laughs> Look at the old girl now, fellas. <laughs> Adam's making me uncomfortable with the eye contact that he's doing yeah, to me. Yeah, the bar contact. The Barbara Streisand eye contact. You yeah. have a good soul. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. So she sings a song about how she, you can call on Dolly. You can have her do anything you need her to do. You need, um, you need your, you need your marriage consummated. She's got your back. You she need knows how to help. Here's my problem with it, is that she appears to be having such a fun time. And then she spends the rest of the musical being like, I gotta get out of this life. I gotta get myself married. But she appears to be enjoying it. I know. So why don't they make that song, like, you know, why doesn't she look like she's working hard and not enjoying herself or whatever? Because, do you know? Like, it's yeah. like, I'm just desperate to give up my agency. Yeah. <laughs> Well, aren't we all? At the end of the day. 
If you want your sister corded, brother wet or cheese imported, just leave everything to me. If you want your roof inspected, eyebrows tweezed or bills collected, just leave everything to me. If you want your daughter dated or some marriage consummated for a rather modest fee. If you want a husband spotted, boyfriend traced or chicken potted, I'll arrange for making all arrangements. Just leave everything to me. Here's what I don't understand. I don't understand the like when they were doing that beginning scene where she was handing off her business cards and then like while the person was reading one of the business cards, it would be like a freeze frame and then just her narration. I also feel like there's a really shocked looking woman at some point and it's like not a shocking, it's like tailoring. And she's like, what? Tailoring? You can't give someone a card that says that. This is 1890. How dare you? We do our own tailoring. Where to, Dolly? Yonkers, New York, to handle a highly personal matter for Mr. Horace Vandergelder, the well-known unmarried half a millionaire. Gonna marry him yourself, Dolly? Why, Mr. Sullivan, whatever put such a preposterous idea into my head? Your head. <laughs> and then we discover that Adam and I have opposite feelings on overtures. Yeah, so she gets on the train, then we have the overture, because it's a musical, and musicals, all musicals should have overtures. And I feel that I don't need to sit through all of this. <laughs> Why would you not want to hear a preview of every song you're about I mean, to hear in the next two and a half hours? I mean, it is thrilling to watch it with the landscape of just countryside and trains. But like, Hudson River Valley. Especially when I'm literally sitting in an empty theater. I mean, not empty, there are people in it. But it's just a curtain. Oh, I just love staring at a red curtain for 12 whole minutes. I love it. It's so good. I just think it should just be highlights. It should just be you like know top what the, five. You know what it really is, though? Billboard hits. We yeah. got rid of overtures. <laughs> and now people have to be on time to the theater. People can't be late anymore. That's at true. least people knew back then. I, they were like, people are going to be late. Just put in a overture. When I worked at Children's Theater Company in Minneapolis, we did um, Wizard of Oz. And it was the holiday show. So it was super, super full every night. And there, were, there was terrible weather because it was Christmas time. It was Minnesota. Yeah. And when we did it, there was a seating hold until the end of Somewhere Over the Rainbow. But there's like a seven minute scene before Somewhere yeah, Over the Rainbow Yeah, it's starts. so long. And so the, the reason we had it was because they didn't want to interrupt the song. Right. But there was this whole scene where we would have like 50 people ending up in the lobby waiting to go in because it took a full 10 minutes before we could seat anyone. Yeah. And I was like, just have us not seat them during the song. Yeah. But there's all of these people just chatting about like, we sure are in Kansas, aren't we? For like <laughs> seven minutes. Like nobody cares if that's interrupted. It was so annoying. Yeah. So they get to Somewhere you Yonkers. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm pro overture, having worked front of house. It's the point, yes. So we're in Yonkers. They get to Yonkers. And um, Horace is getting ready for uh, a special day that we're about to find out. He's calling on a lady friend in New York. Um, he's getting ready. He has a conversation with uh, his niece. Oh, right. His niece, niece. Ermengarde. Which, um, why is no one named Ermengarde anymore? I mean, honestly. <laughs> Irene Ermengarde Minnie Faye Noecker. That's my daughter's <laughs> name. Ermengarde! Um, but you have to say it like Walter Matthaus. You have to say Oymengarde. <laughs> Oymengarde. Oymengarde. Um, 
He's having a conversation with her about how sh- uh, she's not going to marry Ambrose Kemper, the guy she is like dating, is in love. He's courting she- He's her. in love with her. He's a suitor. Um, but is he like just a commoner? He's no, he's, he's an painter. artist. Oh, and Horace Vandergelder is a staunch capitalist. He's probably <laughs> right, though. Probably he's not gonna make any money. No. Unless they start making money at those poker contests. So, yeah. they, so they prove he's a dance of whatever. So, um, also, when does she actually teach him to dance? She doesn't have time. There are plot holes in this. There are plot holes. <laughs> Here's a plot twist. Musicals have plot holes. <laughs> um, so he's telling her that he she's not allowed to see him again. Then he goes down to his two clerks. His two clerks are Cloiks. named... Cloiks. They're Cloiks. Cloiks. Their names are Cornelius and Barnaby. Uh, Cornelius is 28 and three quarters, and Barnaby is 19 and a half, and they've never left Yonkers. They've never been outside of their tiny little sleepy town. Mm -hmm. Um, So he says that he's going to New York for the day, so they're in charge. He's promoting both of them from incompetent fool to Chief chief Cloiks. Chief Cloiks. Chief Cloiks. Uh... So they leave, or he. So then he goes he outside, parts? and he, he goes outside. Yes, he sings a he sings a song called "It Takes, it a, takes woman. a Woman," and it's a real feminist anthem. Real feminist anthem. I think in the during the women's march they sang this song, right? They did. Yeah. yeah. Did you see the Samantha B where they where <laughs> <laughs> they got the Wait, what? Are you serious? Wait, are you serious? I can't tell if you're joking. <laughs> no, it wasn't Samantha B with the song that was actually the like I can't keep quiet. That's oh, okay. Oh. But they did. But they did this song. It was it. a joke based on reality. Okay. Like good jokes. <laughs> <laughs> um. So he sings a song called "It Takes a Woman" about how you really need a woman around the house in order to keep everything in line yeah. because men. I will say this. He is right about this. Men can't keep their shit together. I mean, only because you've been held to a lower standard. But anyway. <laughs> That's true. Feminism. <laughs> either lower the standards for women or raise the standards for men. I don't care either way. I just need them to be I'd equal. i say 90% of the time, I think we should just raise the standards <laughs> for <Yeah. men. laughs> That's real. And so song ends and guess who's there bet ben midler as hello dolly yeah as hello do- her first name hello last, <laughs> last name dolly. dolly uh middle name second last name <laughs> trinley <laughs> um no so dolly's standing there and she is she is figuring out how she is going to 
end up marrying Horace Vander. I will say, I I truly admire her from like from the right at you know the what? beginning. She, she is like, brilliant. I know she's like I got a whole she plan. Is good at it. Yeah, is she so, had an answer for every single. Well, thing she's that, a Jew. She's a Jewish. A Jewess. A Jewess. <laughs> a, a Jewish American princess. Yes. Doesn't so. like, get offensive everyone. And... But in the way of like, she's proving it's everyone offensive. right. She's proving everyone right. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, she's, she's great, especially when she, like, gets well, the money. we'll get to it later. Yeah. So, she, they have a conversation. She's talking about, um, how he needs to, uh, how he's, like, going out of town, and she figures out that he's going to call on a girl, um, that he had kind of been, like, seeing or whatever, that she had set him Did, up with, named Irene Malloy in yeah, New York. Yeah, so, so Dolly had set him up with Irene right. previous to this. Okay. Yes. So she had been his, like, marriage, or not his marriage, but, like, his marriage relationship broker, right? yeah. brokers, essentially, yeah. trying to find him a wife. But she was in- anticipating the whole time that he was, like, not going to like who she kept, who, sh- who she kept giving him, so then he yeah. was just going to be like, I should marry you. But, of course, that's not how it works, because we need a whole musical in order to figure that out. <laughs> so um, he's like, I'm going to ask Irene Malloy to marry me, and she's like, swerve! <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Um, Irene, so then she has this moment where she's like, oh, well, that's great. Well, congratulations. I'll just tell the other one, the heiress, not to, not to expect your call. And he's like, sorry, what? She's like, oh, nothing. Just a word. Heiress. <laughs> Isn't it, is it, I mean, you did say he was a cold heart capitalist, but he's like literally a millionaire. He like runs Yonkers and he's like, oh, a woman with money. Like yeah. what, what a yeah. greedy well, man. Well, because I will say this. If it's a woman with money, then he knows she's not after him for his money. Okay, that's fair. He doesn't really articulate that so much. No, 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 no. He doesn't yeah. articulate most of the things he says. He is Walter Matthau. I don't he think has, he can articulate. He that. has a rich inner life. Horace <laughs> <laughs> um, Vandergelder is maybe one of the complex, most complex characters in literature oh, yeah, yeah. of the 20th century. He's about as complex as Prince Philip in The Crown, I feel like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cannot wait for season two to Season two, it. guys. Can't yeah. wait. Series because two, we all I watched it and we thought, you know who I'd like to know more about? The straight white The straight, straight white man. Man. Mm. Who's just having a hard this time? Hat. Hey. He's just having a really hard time, like getting used to it. Like yeah. that's literally. It. He married this girl. He married this girl and definitely knew that she was gonna become queen. And then when she became queen, he was like, "Wait, wait, what? You're queen? But, like the full queen? Like, <laughs> sorry, fully the queen? I thought you just meant like a drag queen, honey. Like I didn't know what was happening. How did we start talking about the crown? <laughs> so he. He's like, well, no, I'll just go. So she's planted the seed in his mind of the heiress. Okay, just remember this for later. Then she, does she sing some more? She sings some more. So he leaves to go to New York. She's supposed to technically be watching Ermengarde to make sure that she doesn't hang out with Ambrose Kemper. She's an elope. Right. So then she sings a song. She sings a reprisal. It's reprise, but is it? If it's reprisal, it's reprisal, right? Not reprisal. I think so, but I always it's think a re- she sings a so. she sings a Rapunzel of um, <laughs> it takes a it woman. It took a while she for me a, to like. She sings is a that the word you just said? <laughs> Are you sure? She does a classic Rumpelstiltskin. Yeah. <laughs> What's uh, the other one? There's a rat. Ratatouille. Ratatouille. No, that's not that one. Never mind. Um, Rasputin. Rasputin. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, she this does... is a fun game. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So she sings a reprisal of... No, now that's... Reprisal. Reprisal. It takes a woman to quietly plan To take him and change him to her kind of man And to gently lead him where fortune can find him and not let him know that the If he had any sense at all, he'd have the shutters repainted, forest green. And then we hold, because we need to let that sink in for the audience. Yeah. And then she hears like some shouting, so she turns the corner, and Ambrose Kemper is trying to crawl, trying to have Ermengarde come out of her room because they're going to Which I don't elope. understand, because he can just take a step and he'll be in the window. Yeah. Well, here's what I don't understand. Like, no one's actually walking around. Like, he could have just walked in the house and been like, Yeah, he just left. Out. No one's in the house. No, out. because Barnaby and Cornelius are still there. What are they going to do? They're not going to do shit. <laughs> Challenge They're too busy trying to burn Tommy down Tunis the place. Tommy six foot he six inches tall. That. He's six and a half feet tall. Yeah, so he's he not can... very stealthy, is he? You <laughs> <laughs> think he's going to sneak in anywhere? <laughs> It's like, oh, did you see that? Tall? He can check him down. What's this shadow that he cast? <laughs> the whole store is in darkness all but the time. But the whole thing is like, he's like that Family Guy bit where it's like just a all head legs. and then all legs, <laughs> just like head legs. Yeah. Um, so he's trying to have Ermengarde come out, so they're gonna elope. So Dolly comes up the ladder and she starts talking to them, and she's like, "Here's what's gonna happen. You're gonna go to New York." You are going to dance at the Harmonia Gardens restaurant. Everything's going to be wonderful. Horace is going to end up dancing at your wedding. It's all going to be okay. And so they're like buying it because she can sell it. She can sell it so good. What's the ultimate? So the ultimate. You thought Donald just... Trump was the negotiator? No, 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 no. It's Dolly Levi. That's who we should have elected. So. Yes, you're yes. right. You're right, Molly. If by that you mean Barbara Streisand. <laughs> Take it. Um, so, the plan is just that they'll get money, so then he won't be so poor, so then they can get married? Is that the whole yeah, plan? Yeah, I think that's basically the gist of it. Okay. Is that he'll but have... yet again... He'll respect you if you have more money. Okay. But he like, doesn't need to know that you got it from doing a polka contest. But, like, <laughs> so that he's there and he sees... Whatever. Well, but they don't know that. They don't but know that he's Dolly going. does. But the thing is... Dolly... That, since Dolly, Dolly knows, she's But she's planning this she's whole planning thing whole to... Thing. to have it all break apart so that he ends up with no one. So, so he he's has to broken yeah, he's yes. broken and Yeah, she's the doing it absolutely right. It's psychological warfare on her. It's amazing. Beautiful. Beautiful. I'm obsessed with her. Um, so they agree to this whole shindig. And so. then Dolly hands them a super specific card that says painters turn to dancers and it's really, really funny. But again, she spends the whole day with Horace and she doesn't ever teach him to dance and it no. doesn't make sense. 
Well, yeah, no. Um, so then... We go to New York? No. No, Cornelius My and Barney. God. I'm sorry. We have to get to I'm the plot so excited. We gotta so set then, it up. Just like Jolly, she sets it all up. So we go downstairs, Cornelius and Barnaby are talking about how they're running the store for the day. So they get their first real bit of responsibility, and they're like, we should close the store and just do whatever we want, which yeah. is amazing. Horace was right not to give them responsibility. Yeah, honestly. that There's a reason you're 28 and you're still an incompetent foil. Yeah. This should have been... This should have been, like, you're in town where, you know, like, they win in the end. But then they're like, oh, but the bad people were right. Like, bad things will happen if you yeah. do whatever you want. Yeah. Capitalism's good. Yeah. Um, so, and that's neither here nor there, folks. So, they're talking about how they want to just, like, leave and do whatever. And maybe go to New York just to, like, kiss a girl and see a whatever. So Dolly overhears and she gives them some helpful advice. So she says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to visit a Miss Irene Malloy and a Miss Minnie Faye at Irene Malloy's hat shop at 2, no later than 2.30. That's the time for best conversation. So gives them this whole setup because uh, Horace is going to meet, I going to visit Irene at 2.30. So it's she's setting up what's going to happen here. Okay, we're keeping track. Anyway. So then they sing. So they're getting all excited and they go get ready because they are going to New York. So they sing, put on your Sunday clothes, which is like. But before they do that, they burn down. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh my God. How did we not talk about this? So they were like, in order to sell the idea that the shop is closed, we can't put a sign that says the shop's closed. So let's so light candles. We're going to so light candles the place. under um cans of chicken mash so they'll explode and make it smell bad so nobody will want to come in but let's make it clear there are what 45 candles probably <laughs> that they light on wooden shelves on wooden shelves it would have been burnt down they would have come back to yonkers and it would have looked like after the great chicago fire yeah. when nothing was left yeah it's a real tragedy if you think about yeah. it yeah Th- destruction that's probably, how, that's probably what mrs o'leary thought too she yeah. was like i gotta go to i want to go to the city just for a night <laughs> yeah. i want to kiss a man <laughs> oh, and blamed O'Leary. it on her cow yeah, yeah. what a bitch <laughs> she should not be president um lock her up lock, am I her right? up. lock mrs o'leary uh, up ben more like ben. yeah i was trying to figure out how benghazi could be like mrs o'leary but doesn't matter because it's not funny. It's not so <laughs> self-aware. It's good to know and to leave a joke behind. So then they sing "Put on Your Sunday Clothes," which is like the truest form of chorus song yeah. that does nothing. nothing. Absolutely it's nothing. It's so much fun to be in that number, though. Oh my god, it's like the best, the best number. Yeah. it's not the best. Every every chorus number is the best number in the show, but there it's just so it's like a, such a fun time. You get yeah. to fun clothes. And the music is so good. Yeah. God keeps smiling, no man wants a little ninny. Ambrose, do a turn, let me see. Mr. Hackle, Mr. Tucker, don't forget Irene and Minnie. Just forget you ever heard a word from me. All aboard, all aboard, all aboard.
that's it. Okay. <laughs> then we go to New York. Then we go to New York. Oh, also Ambrose is seven feet tall. He's six six. And it's so Ermin Garb is Ermin Garb. Ermin Guard <laughs> is four ten. Four ten. Oh my god. That's two, and a foot a foot and a half? Foot and eight inches? I'm not gonna embarrass myself by <laughs> <laughs> It's a foot and eight inches. So that's Yeah. Twenty inches. You know what I mean? Heyo. <laughs> so then we take another twelve minute train ride. No, we just cut to New York. We got to Irene and Minnie, right? Yeah, who are on their way to work. Yes. On their way to the hat shop. The they're milliners. The milliners. Um, and they're, like, they're walking talking. and they're talking. About, and Irene, I think, okay, so Irene, it seems like she's figured out that Horace is going to call on her and probably yeah. ask her to marry him. Yes. Yeah. So she's like, I'm tired of being labeled as a, as a what is it? I'm tired of lab- being labeled as a um, a wicked woman and have nothing to show for it. Yeah. Oh, and then she makes this joke where Minnie's eating a banana and she's like, Minnie, stop eating that. Everybody's looking. And she's like, banana gate? <laughs> banana day keeps the doctor away. She's like, people are staring because she's eating a banana, guys. And it's 1890. You can't even eat phallic food. It's true. You can't even do that now. And now we wear pink hats because we're pussy. Yes! (laughs) We've been liberated. Yeah, we've made it. Um, Yeah, so she's basically woken up this morning and she was like, this is it. I don't care about my reputation anymore. Yeah, she woke up and then she woke up, honey. (laughs) She is woken up. Yeah. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Yes. So they o- they open the shop and they're talking about how um, you know it's gonna be nice to like are finally they at lunch? be a woman. That... It's like two o'clock. Oh, I'm <laughs> sure they were at lunch. Because she told them to go in at two thirty. Stores worked though in eighteen ninety. They might have only been open for like the afternoon, and that might have been it. Sounds like a bad it's... business plan. <laughs> I mean, well, <laughs> that's probably why she wants to get married. This is why women shouldn't run businesses. <laughs> that, absolutely. She um, run into a real... Oh, she didn't even run a business. I was saying run into a real Betsy DeVos situation, but she just has... She's just family money, well, and that's literally all she is. Well, eventually she's going to have a baby, and then, you know, she's just going to go quit. I so can't. It's gonna... I cannot. Um, so, <laughs> Barnaby so and Cornelia. the world is crashing around us. Uh, so, yeah, so, no, while well, she sings... Oh, that's right, she does I'll sing. I'll be wearing ribbons down my back this summer. <laughs> And green and screaming in the yellow sky. Um, all about how she's gonna get married. And she's no, ready it's to put. About how life. she's gonna wear a hat. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm gonna wear a beautiful hat when I walk down the aisle. I'll it's make really, it. it's really musical theater's greatest show to hats. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, the greatest hat song. I'll be wearing ribbons down my back this summer Blue and green and streaming in the yellow sky So if someone special comes my way this summer He might notice me passing by and so um, anyway <laughs> Cornelius and Barnaby are like outside the window they're like yeah kind of getting ready to go inside and the two girls Amping inside up. were like 
Ooh, Ooh, a man. A man. Oh, well, I mean, I am getting married, but let's just have fun. So flirt with them. Yeah, she was like, we'll flirt with them and then drop them. It'll be good practice for married life. It is funny, though, to me that men never, ever go in the milliner shop because you'd think there would be people who would buy hats for their women, yeah. For their ladies. And do they not, they don't make men's hats, I guess? I guess not. There's some plot holes in this. <laughs> Again, alert. Who is the plot dramaturg? holes in musicals? <laughs> the musical. Plot holes in the musical. I'm gonna write it. But you have to understand that it's scandalous for their men to be in the shop. And so they're chatting. Do they invite them to dinner at this? No. No. I shouldn't be chatting. <laughs> no. I have memorized this. Okay. No, they are kind of just like flirting, flirting. They come in. They're flirting, flirting. They figure out that. that yeah, because they're like, oh, we're visiting from Yonkers. And he's like, oh, I know someone from Yonkers. Uh, his name is Horace Vandergelder. Vandergelder. And they're like, oh. Vandergelder. Yeah, and they're like, oh, do you know him? No. Oh. And then guess who's coming in? Because it's now 2.30. Horace. Horace Vandergelder. So, so the two boys, Cornelius runs into the closet. hey And Barnaby hides under the table. Horace and Dolly come in. And Dolly is like, she already has a look on her face just like, they're here. I know. <laughs> yeah. I know they're here. I know they're I've ready. set this up. Yep. So they're having a pleasant conversation. And then she lets it slip that... Uh, a gentleman that she had been speaking to about um, yeah, Yonkers. And so he's Cornelius. like, who? who? And she oh, says... Oh, it's this man. I can't do like a... She's not no, Paula Dean. Do... Paula Dean was not in this. I can't do... I I can only do his accent when I'm saying cloaks. Oh. I can't do... <laughs> um, so then she lets it slip that it was Cornelius Hackle. And then Dolly's like... Oh, he is the Cornelius Hackle of the Hackles. Of the Hackles. <laughs> and he's like, no, that's not real. I, he sleeps in my, he sleeps in my supply closet. And she was like, that's what he wants you to think. <laughs> but night after night, he is in town. Do you know what he did with whatever? And oh, just all these scandalous, fabulous stories that she's just making up. My favorite part about um, her characterization of Dolly is that it's just I'm just going to talk quickly. Yeah. yeah. That's her entire characterization is just speaking fast. Speaking fast to confuse the man. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like. It's so good. I know. It's so funny. Minnie walks in. She goes to get a boa or a feather from the, the closet. closet where Cornelius is hiding. She gets it. She starts walking away and then starts screaming. There's a man. There's a man in the closet. Horace, Horace Vandergelder Horace. walks over to the closet to open it up and find out who's in there. And Dolly's like, no! Let me. Let me. So she opens the closet. She takes one of her giant feathers. Giant feathers. And she goes, I'm not, it's a, this is not a visual medium. Yes. So <laughs> she like shakes the feather in it to like see if there's anybody. Doesn't even look inside while she's doing it. Then mm-hmm. she closes and she's like, see, nothing. And then he sneezes. And she says, there's nobody in there. And then he sneezes again and she says, God bless you. <laughs> so now that you've had a verbatim retelling. <laughs> my favorite scene. The point is, the fact that there are men in the shop at 2.30 in the afternoon is too much for Horace's Puritan soul. And he yeah. must break off his 
upcoming engagement with Irene immediately. His break break off the thing that hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, so he's like, I'm sure you understand that I must leave now. And she's like, but of course, sir. And then he leaves. Yeah. And for some reason, even though Dolly has been hired to be babysitting Ermengarde, she is still hanging out with She's Horace. Like Nobody it. mentions it. He doesn't seem concerned. He's never turned to her and says, uh, are you sure my niece isn't eloping right now? <laughs> um, so that continues. And he leaves the shop, and so then it's just the boys Barnelius and... Barnelius. Maureen. Maureen. Is that... Both of them? Yeah. All four? That's their and uh, Dolly. couple names. Yeah. Great. So we have the four of them and then Dolly. So Dolly convinces them that they should all go out to dinner tonight and then Irene can tell the police and they can have them arrested. Mm-hmm. So they're talking about how they're going to go to this Harmonia Gardens restaurant. It's the nicest restaurant in New York. All this stuff. And that there's a polka contest, but then Cornelius is like, but I don't dance. I don't know how to dance, so... Um, I also, they're I'm poor. Sorry. They can't because, Yeah, they're trying to make up excuses for why they can't go because they don't have the money, but they don't want to let Irene and Minnie know that they're poor. Right. So he makes this up, yeah. So he makes up that he can't dance, which seems to be the case. Which, <laughs> yeah. From, uh, from the Evidence would show. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so then we sing Dancing, which is a song about, wait for it, dancing. <laughs> yes. Um, and she teaches him a thing. Teaches... One, two, three, 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 one. Look, he's dancing. I think he's holding out on us. You can learn to poker if you work to eat or so. All the tangles filled with passion seething. I might join the chorus of the <laughs> Castle Garden Show. Whatever you do, Mr. Tucker, keep, keep breathing. For my heart is about to burst. My head is about to pop And now that we're dancing Who cares if we ever stop sing dancing and again like the other like put on your sunday clothes it's just a song to have a song like there's no rhyme or reason why it's happening um so we finish the song we're in the park and they're going to see the 14th street parade and dolly takes a few minutes (laughs) of of your time and by that i mean (laughs) 25 minutes (laughs) To have a quick little monologue to her dead husband up in the sky. <laughs> so here's the thing. This Definitely, is where I will start yeah. to talk about this. Dolly Levi is supposed to be the widowed, uh, the widow of a man named Ephraim Levi. And um, I wouldn't say she's like supposed to be like, like she's supposed to be like 80 or something, but she's like. Supposed to be, like, middle-aged. Like, they had a full marriage. Yeah. You know? And they were, like, deeply in love and da-da-da-da-da. 
Barbara Streisand, I'm gonna look this up because I wanna why I wanna get the age right on yeah. this. But she doesn't she doesn't appear in the film to be old enough to have had a substantial marriage with somebody before the plot of the musical. Right. So they filmed this in four in um uh sixty seven. Um so she would have been twenty five when they filmed it. Right. So... Which I mean, people got married younger in the eighteen nineties, but but right. I mean, it feels but like it they've had at be least like 20, twenty years of marriage. It yeah. wouldn't be like twenty five. Would be like my late husband from Levi. We were we barely knew you. Yeah, <laughs> we literally barely knew each other. Yeah. Um, the only interesting thing, though, about her character is that she's not supposed to have children, which is I find interesting. So anyway, I mean, like I love the casting of Barbara Streisand because, like. Barbara's incredible, but also I have to objectively say, like, yeah. maybe not the correct choice. Her age is, is distracting, definitely. Um, it's definitely not... It You can't lose yourself in the show as yeah. easily. Because yeah. there are times where you're like, you look younger than Irene Malloy. Right. Like, yeah. uh, whatever, it's fine. So she has a... Going back to the story, she has a monologue to Ephraim Levi... Where she's, like, asking for a sign. She wants to marry Horace Vandergelder. She knows it's not going to be the same as when they were married. But um, she wants to, like, marry him and then take his money and spread it around in the community just like Ephraim would do. Da-da-da-da-da-da. Fine. Mm-hmm. So then she Trickle down economics. Trickle down. Yeah. No, she wants to... What is it? She, she's the stimulus package. Yes, but that is but the idea of giving it to one wealthy individual and then they spend it in the economy to to jumpstart oh, the economy yeah. is the idea of trickle down economics. Oh, that's true, and it doesn't work. They're Just real like Reaganites. this marriage doesn't work. Um, then she starts to sing a song, which is like the the anthem of yeah. the song of the show. Well, I think the song "Hello Dolly" might be considered the anthem of the show. <laughs> no, I would say this is like the thematic anthem. That's the like main number sure but like the the idea of the musical is about her getting getting some before she dies I yeah suppose. yeah yeah um <laughs> <laughs> but i would like to point out as i did when we were watching that she takes about 12 minutes to sing a song called before the parade passes by as she sits in the park and she's waiting to go see the parade and it would be a good strategy mm-hmm. if you wanted to see the parade before it passed to not, to not spend sing. that 12 minutes singing the song, but rather just walk over to the parade. It just and seems, like, oh, I and just, just look at it. Seems a bit more efficient. Seems like you won't be... She has to run at the end, actually, to make yeah. it to the parade before it ends. And it just seems like there could have been a And not only does she, like, see management. the parade, she, like, ends up being in... She is... She is the parade. She ends in the middle of the parade. And I'm like, this yeah. is so unsafe on so many... There are horses. There's, there's ladies. There's ladies with, like... What are the weights where they're just like doing oh, aerobic dumbbells. exercises <laughs> while they're like walking? Because it's eighteen ninety, and they're like, "Check this out! It's called exercise. We just <laughs> discovered it. <laughs> you can actually make your body healthier." <laughs> <laughs> but make sure you get your daily dose of tobacco. Now, um, the song I will say it doesn't serve a function, but there is. A couple things that happen in the middle of the song in that the do happen and serve function. So, do you mean function is in a plot function? Yes. Okay. So she sees um, 
Horace Vandergelder, who has started marching with uh, this troop of men. So she runs... For the YWCA. Yeah, that was for weird. For some reason. So she sees him, so she runs over, she talks to him, and um, she lets him know that she was like, well, I have somebody else lined up if you want to see her. And he's like, no, I don't. What's her name? Ernestina. No. What's her last name? Uh, Simple. Uh, Simple. Simple. Ernestina Simple. (laughs) And he's like, no, I'm not going to. And she's like, no, you'll be at Harmonia Gardens at 730 and she'll meet you there. Okay, bye. Then she goes over to a pig float, which is, I think, (laughs) the meat packers. Yeah, the meat packers. So she walks over and she has like a friend who's on the float and she's like, hey, uh, meet this guy at the restaurant tonight and pretend to be somebody real fancy. And so her friend's like, yeah, okay. That's it. Although I, then feel, we get like, an I feel like Ernestina has a lot more class and she's a lot more knowing in the movie than in the show. I feel like in the show she's kind of like, like she's, She's a simple-minded girl. Yeah. That gets hired to be really horrible to make Dolly look good in comparison. And in the show, she's a little more like, I'm in on your game, Dolly. I get what you need me to do. Yeah. Yeah. She's given more agency. And then we have a nice intermission. Well, yeah. yeah, So then we have Dolly who sings the end of Before the Parade Passes By, holds a note for about 37 seconds, Mm -hmm. and then we get the intermission. We come back from intermission, and um, the boys are Cornelius and Barnaby are waiting for Irene and Minnie. I to can't meet remember them. the couple name. I can't them. Barnelius. Barnelius and is waiting. My, my, Myrene. Maureen. 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 Let's call Maureen. Yeah. And Maureen. <laughs> Barnelius and Maureen. That sounds stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are waiting for the girls. Yeah. The girls walk up and they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll head over to the restaurant because they're going to the Harmodian Gardens for dinner. So um, they're like, oh, we'll call a hack. And they're like, oh, no, we can't take a hack. Hack means hackney cab. I had no idea. Yeah, I knew it was a cab, but I didn't know it meant hackney. I don't know what the word hackney means or why it's related to cabs. Got it. A hackney sack. <laughs> RJ doesn't know what he's talking about. RJ's trying to. RJ's just he, happy that he gets he, to just be on his phone during it. No, I'm, I'm watching the dog. RJ okay. doesn't know because he ate got elegance. So they sing a song called Elegance, all about how like the most elegant things people do are like 
the the most common. And the least expensive. And the least expensive. Because they've been Because they're still to... trying to convince them that they're super rich, even though they're definitely not. Yeah. And so the, the boys convince them to walk to the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. And says that, like, aperitifs are not fashionable anymore. Yeah. And just basically make a lot of excuses for not spending money. Yeah. Middle class. Don't speak of it. Savoir faire. We reek of it. Some were born with rags and patches. J.P. Morgan scrapes and bows to us. We've got elegance. We were born with elegance. I behave like Walter Raleigh when the streets are full of mud. And the bluest huckleberry isn't bluer than my blood. Have you noticed when I hold my cup, the saucer never moves? And the way I keep my pinky up Indubitably proves the We got elegance, we got built So remember that like couple moments where we get Barbara just to her our, just ourselves? Well, where she's like brushing her hair. Yeah. She does and it you again. You realize how long that wig is? And you're like, damn. No wonder you wear such big hats. Don't look for shooting stars For love is only love You touch And still you touch the ground That's it. That's all she I was going to say. Yeah. She has a song. Um, so... Ernestine is waiting for Horace. She, uh, then Corn. Sorry. <laughs> Our listeners need to know the exact order of events here. I, well, so it's a farce, right. so honestly it has to happen in a certain order. It doesn't make sense. So, Ernestine is waiting for Horace. Fine. Cornelius and the group, I'm just gonna, the Fab Four come in. And they are like, we're going to get a table. And they he tries to like pretend like he knows Rudy. And Rudy's like, sorry, I've never seen you. You don't have a reservation. Bye. And then they make a reference to like the Rockefellers. And he's like, oh, okay, well, we have a table. It's a very private, very expensive table. Which you can tell that it's the 1890s because apparently no one's pulled that trick of just mentioning the Rockefellers <laughs> it's, before. Yeah. It's literally... You've heard of the Rockefellers. Well, you must be rich. It's yeah. literally like... If, Only the rich people know what a Rockefeller is. They just yeah. walked up and just started saying fancy stuff like, oh, hello, hello, oh, Cartier. Escargot. Uh, Escargot. Oh, oh, Excuse me. Carte Blanche. Yeah. So they get a private table. Uh, they start ordering dinner, mm-hmm. um, and the boys are freaking out because there is no way on God's green earth they will be able to pay for all this food. And Minnie this girl's and ordering a order. pheasant. She ordered a pheasant. They both order a pheasant and champagne. Yeah. And then they like pick their own lobster or something. I think or. There's like a bunch of stuff that happens. Meanwhile, during this, we have the waiters of the restaurant. Rooney. Well, we have them just like being extra. They are so geeked. They have heard that Dolly Levi is coming back to the Harmonia Gardens in how many, however many years. 
And their sad, drab lives, where apparently they have no personal connection to anyone except their customers. It's so weird, because they were like, do you remember how much she ate? Oh, it's going to be great. I love her. (laughs) We got such good tips. Ever since my wife left me, it's been the only thing I look forward to. (laughs) So they get all excited, and so the next, like, probably 20 minutes is just random dancing from waiters. In the restaurant. They're getting it real spiffed up for Dolly. So, Horace comes in. He meets Ernestina. They go to sit down to dinner. And she is doing the most like, Oh, yes, I'm so rich and fancy. Please remove your hat unless you have a head cold. What does she sound like? What does that sound like? Me. Yeah. <laughs> no, she sounds like Winifred from Hocus Pocus. That's what she sounds like. That again? No. I or at least so. you doing an impersonation. There you go. There it is. So me. Um, so. <coughs> um, excuse me. Sorry. So. Uh, we have the two dinners happening. We also, on the other side of the restaurant, have Ambrose and Ermengarde eating dinner as well because they're getting ready to do the polka contest so they can win the money. Ernestina. Ernestina ends up leaving because she's like, I did not have a good dinner. I did not have fun with you. You are not for me. Goodbye. And she leaves. But she does it in that really pointed, pretending to be polite way where she's like, I have a stomach ache. Yeah. Goodbye. I think I feel sick to my stomach. <laughs> and then leaves. And then in the other uh, private dining room, um, the Fab Four have realized, A, that Cornelius has no money. So the girls are like, that's okay, we'll pay. The girls realize they did not bring their money because it's in the wrong purse. But and here- again. And again. A plot hole because they're like, Oh no, we have the wrong purse. But they walked to the restaurant. They walked, it so doesn't it's not look that like far. it was that far. And I'm like, just send Minnie. I'm sure they would let one person of your party leave for like 20 minutes. Send Minnie back to the hotel. Let her get your purse and come back here. It's actually not a. It's not a hard problem. They have literally any problem solving adult skills. They don't. So they're like trapped. And that's fine. But hey, Cornelius has kissed her. So that's important. Yes, Cornelius kissed her. Um, so those are the two things happening. So then as Ernestina leaves, in comes Dolly Levi. Hmm, so this is her. the money shot. This is the Jerry Herman old lady at the top of the stairs. <laughs> this is what the whole thing's about. Yeah. Like the, literally every show that he's done has had yeah. some sort of... Female character. Female character that everyone has to look at and, and sing to. Every poster ever for every production of Hello, Dolly is her standing at the top of the stairs. With a feather hat. Yes. Um, because the category is plumage. Plumage. So are you ready for this? This gown, $8,000. Oh my god. Wow. Which is insane. And so the original gown had a two and a half foot train. Uh-huh. So when she comes down the stairs, it has the train. But once they started doing with it on and the choreography people kept tripping on it yeah so the choreographer like yelled at the costume designer and made her change the costume design so then they cut off the train so it's like bustled up 
That's fair. It's interesting. It looks nice without the train. It looks perfect. Yeah, her breasts look incredible. Yeah. Her boobs look so good. And it's not about that, but it is solidly about that. <laughs> and her, like, four feathers coming yeah, out of her head. out of her hair. The only time she's, like, not wearing a hat. Yeah. Anyway, it's great. So then they do the quintessential Hello Dolly number. Takes 45 minutes. It's a 12-minute song. No one is getting any service in this no! restaurant. No! Okay, so you're sitting there, and you're like, okay, this is, oh, like, is this fun, I guess. Oh, okay. But then realize every single server and busboy and, and the chef. chef. <laughs> yeah, everyone is dancing. Who who is getting anything done right now? Who is now? working? Did did they leave the food like on the stove? Like, is their food just burning right now? Like, what is truly happening? It's not a good situation. So um, the victims so far are anyone who lives in Yonkers, which is burned down. Yeah, Bianca's is burned to the ground. And then whoever put it in order just before Dolly Levi arrived. Yeah. Or whose food was being made right when she walked in. Because you know they just like walked, like just Sally just walked away. Dolly number is perfect and yes. everything. And if honestly I could be greeted every day like this, this would be this is the dream. But Adam, fine. I can't I can't do that every day. I don't have the energy. Not every day. Not Adam. every day, Adam. It's a Sunday kind of event. Put on your Sunday clothes, am I right? <laughs> yeah. So we finish the number and she sees Horace is trying to leave. So she tries to uh, she catches him and she's like, well, let's go have dinner together. I'm so sorry that Ernestina left. And he's like, no, I'm good. And she's like, no, it's happening. So she <laughs> takes him to dinner and, uh, the polka contest starts. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> during the polka contest, we have Ermengarde and Ambrose dancing because they're trying to win the money. Then the Fab Four in the private dining room realize that there's a cash prize to whoever wins. So then they start going out because how else are they going to pay for this dinner unless they win the money? So they start dancing around. Meanwhile, Dolly and Horace are having this conversation about what what's going to happen because, you know, 
he's this man and he he wants he wants a wife but it's just not working out for him and blah 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 and so Dolly keeps making this joke of you go your way and I'll go mine but she's surreptitiously pointing in the same direction every mm-hmm. time she does it. I mean it's not actually surreptitious at all. It's very clear what she's doing. He's just an idiot. But the really brilliant thing that she does here is I don't remember what he says initially. But he says something, and then she pretends to get all offended that he's thinking about marrying her. And she's oh, yeah. like, how? No! Oh, my. N- never. Never would I marry you. Oh, never. yeah. She, he, like, says something about how, like, marrying her would be, like, really annoying or something. She's yeah. Like, she's like, how? How did You get that idea right out of your head. And she's like, yeah. And she's I like, you've been ma- thinking about it for months, I could tell. <laughs> how did I will not be marrying you. He's like... What are you talking about? I wasn't. She was like, no, uh-huh. I don't want to hear it. But she's doing that thing where she's planting the idea. Yeah, in his she's head. so smart. So it all comes to a hilt when he re- a hilt? Uh head. It all comes to a head. <laughs> when she realizes to the part of the sword that you hold. Yeah. When Horace realizes that Ermengarde and Ambrose are dancing together. Mm-hmm. So he freaks out. And then he realizes, that's that thing that I hired you to be doing for all this time, Dolly. <laughs> but it's still never Dolly's fault. Why was I never supervising that? <laughs> so um, so he goes over to punch Ambrose. He knocks over this bowl. There's a lot of things that happen all at once. This is not a needless, visual media. <laughs> needless to say, the restaurant gets destroyed. And they all run out. Yeah. Great. That's... Harmonia Gardens is... Deep, no more. Deep in the rat at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, Many unpaid dinners. So they all leave. So then the next thing we have is out in the park after they've after the Fab Four have run away because they've gotten away with not paying for dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Horace did see them, so he fired both the boys. It does idealize crime, though, ultimately. Oh, my God. (laughs) It really advocates for dining and dashing. That's true. Yeah. Just have somebody start a fight, and then you'll be able to just, like, walk out on your bill. Oh, it's a good idea. They get to the park, and uh, Cornelius sings a really pretty song called It Only Takes a Moment about how he fell in love on that day. With Irene. With Irene. It's, it's nice. very sweet. Is this the one that he watches in Wally? Yes, this is yeah. the song he watches in Wally. And um, then there's a moment in the middle of the song where this old drunk <laughs> comes up and he goes, well, Mr. Do you mind? I came in late right after it only. So he's asking, I came well, in after this so, part. Well, I just need to hear order? before it. I so just I, need you to back up to everything until that line. Yeah. and then, But no, they just go. He 
to interrupt them and say, no, 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 no I think I you got misunderstood. That. <laughs> That's not what I was requesting. I heard that part already. No, I get what a moment is. I need to know the, what are you talking about? What's the context? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, in other words, what's the tension? Oh. <laughs> um, uh. So, it's just the... Uh, it's so good. This whole fucking movie is perfect. It's, it's In the way that sweet. it's not perfect at all. Yeah. Um, so, they sing that. Then we have Horace and Dolly leaving the Harmonia Gardens. And Dolly has said that Horace is going to pay for all the damages that you can charge it right to Vandergeller. Oh, you're right. So, feed. they're not in the red. They do fine. Yeah, they end up, they end up fine. They're fine. It was like three tables that got spread Spreading around that money. Yep. So they sing So Long, Deary. And. She has a very ugly boa that I could not get over. I love her boa. It's terrible. Because it matches the green and the feather. Yes, but it works in the feathers and it doesn't work in the boa and I don't know why. But the boa is like this like gross olive green with like a with like a muted yellow and it's yeah. just it's like a swamp monster i'm obsessed it's with the it. worst although she had not I've had it until seen. this point like it comes out of nowhere because yeah. she did not walk in with that boa maybe she just has like a room in the- in the harmonia <laughs> gardens <laughs> where she's like can you give me my green boa please <laughs> Um, or maybe she stole it from another lady there. That's probably what And it perfectly is. matches her feathers. Yeah. Yeah. Another plot hole, everyone. Another plot hole. So. And on those cold winter nights, Horace. You can snuggle up to your cash register. It's a little lumpy, but it rings. Don't come on, I can't be your dog, loving, singing that song. This is your dog, I told you so. So far as you'll find your life a sad old story. You'll be living in that lonesome territory. When you see a dolly shuffle off to glory, oh, I should have said so long. How could I have been wrong? Oh, I should have. So she sings So Long, Deary, which is just this really funny, I'm leaving you forever, bye, don't forget about me. But the best thing she does is she gives Horace the boa and she takes his cane and hat. So she ha- so she has a reason now that she has to return items to him. So she has to see him again. Let's fast forward next day. We're back what in Yonkers. What an evil genius. She's amazing. I mean, like, everybody should strive to be more like her. Yeah. Um... So the next day we are in Yonkers. Uh, Horace is starting his day. He's shouting for Ermengarde to make his breakfast. Realizes she's not there. He shouts for Cornelius and Barnaby to clean the chicken mash up. Realizes they're not there. Realizes he's decimated and alone. And then... He's a broken man. And then everyone walks in. Yeah. So... Um, Ambrose Ermengarde 
mini enter ensemble everybody walks into the place and they're like we want our money because um well the boys are gonna open up oh i'm gonna sneeze they're gonna open up their own shop across the street from vandergelder yeah and it's going to be the exact same they're going to sell hay and feed Invested by um, Irene. They're going to open up a Burger King right across from a McDonald's. Yeah. And it's all Dolly's idea. And then um, Ambrose and Ermengarde got married because he calls them uncle. And uh, they want their money so they can start their new life together. So then Dolly walks in. And they all start arguing about it. And so he's like, well, I'll give you all your money and I'll go take you upstairs. So they go upstairs. And then Dolly has her little moment where she's like, you know, I still haven't received that sign, Ephraim. Please, I just, I want to know that you agree that it's okay. What was the sign? I feel like I missed it. I'm going to tell you in a second. Okay. Will you be patient? No, what's the sign? This is all it is whenever we have to Because it was so short. It was so short. I know. So then she, um... Brings up the fact that when he was alive, he had this saying that um, money is no good, pardon the expression, unless it's spread around like manure, encouraging young Young things things to grow. grow. And so everybody leaves. Horace comes back down. He's sweeping up his chicken mash that's on the ground. And then he asks her to marry him because he realizes he's been a damned fool. So she has not gotten the sign from Ephraim, so she kind of freaks out and she's like, "No, I, I don't dare! I don't dare marry you! I mean, I can't be the first. Ci- you are the first citizen of Yonkers. I, I, do you think I can be someone who can, you know, be, match you at that level?" And he's like, "You are! You are a wonderful woman." And then there's a guy who had come in three times with a bucket of paint uh-huh. and a paintbrush. And she, he sends, he sends him out one more time and she says, what's happening? What's going on? And he says, well, this guy is starting a new paint business. So I decided to give him, you know, I needed the shutters redone anyway. So I had him paint him forest green. And she like clutches, clutches the, (laughs) can't deal with it. And then he says, you know, I've always thought that money Pardon the expression, is like manure. It's not worth anything unless it's spread around, encouraging young things to grow. Now, he just listened to you say that. Yeah, literally, he was upstairs. He was just standing at the top of the stairs. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's all I need? Okay, great. That's it? Okay. So, she's like, okay, I will marry you. So, at the very end of the scene, we fade into... Well, it wasn't a fade, but we go into... A hard... Was it a hard... A hard mashup. Oh. Oh my god, that's right! It's it's the <laughs> it's like a None of glee. It makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So we go into essentially the wedding. What would be in the in like a Broadway setting, it would be like the curtain number. Like the not necessarily the chorus would sing it, but like during the curtain call, all of these songs would be played. There's like a different tune for each principal character that gets their vow. Yeah. But here, it's done with all chorus, and they're, like, all at the wedding of Horace and Dolly. So they sing, um, they sing Sunday Clothes. Sunday Clothes, 
dancing. He's saying, uh, it only takes a moment. Held her for an instant, but my arms felt sure and strong. It only takes a Takes a woman. Yes, it takes a woman, a dainty woman, a sweetheart, a mistress, a wife. Oh, yes, it takes a woman, a fragile woman, to bring you the sweet things in life. And then finally, her like walking down the aisle is to a reprise of Hello Dolly. Now, this one I will say is a better song to walk down to than Maria walking down to How Do You Solve a Problem <laughs> like Maria. Because at least Dolly is a celebration of Dolly's life. Yes. Again, going back to the first episode, I just want to talk about Maria was all about how she's common trash. Yes. So I just want to bring that up because we see how different people portray women differently, depending on if they're gay or not. So, so we're saying... For our wedding, we we can't do a Rogers and Hammerstein down the aisle. No, we're doing a full Jerry full Jerry Herman, just a mashup of Mame, Dolly, and Lakash. Look, yep, absolutely. So she walks in, walks down the aisle, whatever. At the very end, the best part, they like go in for a kiss, and you can tell they're not actually (laughs) actually because they hated each other so much. And then that's the end of the show. God. We learned a lot. We did. We learned a lot. I didn't. I you laughed me crying. I will say, I feel like when I first watched it, I wasn't <clears throat> as aware of how. I like, don't cry in this movie. Yeah. No. This is one of the very few films that I watch where I do not. I cry at most things I watch. Really? Because this is like yes. pure joy for you. That's why. It's it's just like pure comedy. There's yeah. no yeah, like there's heartfelt no... anything to yeah. it. It's just like laughs for laughs' sake, which is, is amazing. I'm curious though. Is the matchmaker pretty much? Like for like with the story yeah, it's and the just, humor. Matchmaker is a pure farce. Yeah. Yeah. There's not even it's like, like a door moment. open, door closed, blow, yeah. blow. There's not really even a genuine moment where you're concerned that she won't get what she wants or anything. No, yeah, like yeah. That. You know yeah. exactly. It's like Midsummer where you're like, oh, God. And that's, yeah, why, God. that's why I feel like the Ephraim parts of her being like, oh, Ephraim, just like it felt so like barb. Like it felt just gratuitous a little bit because. It yeah. was like we need to do these glamour shots of Well, her. some of that is in I mean some of that is in the show where she like has moments where she like calls upon like Ephraim yeah. and like yeah. looks for guidance. Okay. But I mean it's also Barbara being very like dramatic. Yeah. I will say when I first watched it, I feel like I wasn't as 
aware of how. But they're not played for like in the same way that like I feel like it would be now where they'd be like, this is a very tender moment. Yeah. Like it's yeah, still yeah. very like theatrical. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't aware of how like fucking smart she was. Like she really. Because you, you think of like Mame. I, like compare it to Mame. And I feel like Mame was such a. Like, she let things happen to her. I, you know, we just, like, watched her. She Mame didn't was... have agency. Agency. <laughs> the word of the day. No, Mame did have agency. Oh, you haven't seen Mame. Mame has agency, too. But it's like, no, but I mean, like, in Mame, it's like, situations happen to her, and we see how she reacts. Unlike Dolly, which is like, I am making the she situation. Is the yeah. yeah, exactly. But also going back to the idea that, I mean, for me, like, Mame is... And we'll, we're going to end up doing Mame at some point because we have to talk about how bad Lucille Ball is in it. But um, Wait, is there there's a musical version of Mame on film? Yeah. Because yes. there's also the movie Mame. Yeah, the, the movie, movie, movie Aunt like Mame, Auntie Mame. Yeah, yes. that's the one that I've seen. Oh, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the musical. Yeah. So, the and the, and the story is really, like, the story for Mame is, like, way sadder. Yeah. yeah. Because it's, like, love and loss. Yeah. And, like, how to really grow with like it's manchester by the sea <laughs> it's how to like deal with getting older and like losing people which is like sad this is purely just like lol a day in new york yeah it's la la land before la la land it's new york land that was dumb i'm not gonna is la la i'm not gonna land fun i feel like it's not i haven't seen it Has, have any of us seen la la land I saw adam la la has land. wept for la la land I, we- I cried during the last 20 minutes of la la land so anyway, <laughs> I really like this movie. The reason I picked it was because it's like exactly in that sweet spot for me of a musical that I like, but I don't love. So I don't, I'm not like watching the movie and I'm like, no, you did this part wrong that I really love. I have or strong feelings. I really feel that like this can't be on a ladder, <laughs> like whatever it is. Um, so I just can watch it and just enjoy it yeah. and have a good time. I like I like this musical too, and I'm glad that we picked it because we're seeing Bette Midler next week. Bette Midler next Thursday. It's happening from this recording. I don't know when this is coming out. The show notes are gonna. Be I don't know, Adam. When you finish editing. This um. Episode. So anyway, the show notes will be a 1,200 word essay on their experience of seeing <laughs> Hello Dolly. I'm going in to. New York. I will cry at the show though, mostly yeah. because I'm just like seeing it in like a really professional setting and i'm gonna like lose my mind there was a news piece that came out today that a gentleman fainted during the first act and told the emts he wouldn't go to the hospital because there was no way that he was missing the second half so (laughs) yeah yeah and he was right although did you see they were just like we'll just get you tickets to another performance please you have to go to the hospital this is not safe for you he's like i want it in writing I write me to, a voucher right now. <laughs> write me a no strings. Um, okay, so scale from Cassie to Maria. This is definitely way more toward the Maria Yeah, it's side. definitely yeah. the top half. I, I would say... Yeah. I would say if it was like 0 to 10, I would say it's like an 8. Yeah. Yeah. I would say a, I'm going to say a 7. Yeah. <gasps> oh. <laughs> I just... No, it's good, but eight just—it's just—it's just a little too strong for me. Yeah. Just because like. Seven, well, you don't eight, like nine. strong women. You know what I mean. I do. I really. I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have a problem. With Give me a I good seventeen seventy six where there's not an nary a lady in sight. <laughs> yeah, I, I have a problem. 
problem with women that have agency, to be honest. I just, I find There's it There's that word again. Agency. agency. What about you? Where would you put it? Yeah, like, it, I would put it in eight. I think it's just because we just watched My Fair Lady, so it's like, I needed, like... No. Yeah. I needed a female character to... Who, like, ones up a man. Yeah. Yeah. I will never understand why a lot of Doolittle goes back to him. Never. In my life. This has also been Editorial Corner with Molly Mattani. <laughs> oh, can we also talk about um, who Patina Miller would play? Yes. Everybody. <laughs> I think she would be a really fun... Horace. <laughs> I always gender bend her. Yeah. Whenever... No, I mean, well, I mean she's she would be Dolly, she's obviously she would be a great Irene, obviously. Like if there was if the, if they were doing like a realistic like like you know not a gender bend. If they were not gender bending, really, think she'd be Irene and not Dolly. Yeah, because I feel like they would give Dolly to like I don't know Viola Davis. I don't know. No, I think she'd um, be Dolly. Maybe give it no, like a few more years. Yeah, she'd I don't be Dolly. know. If, I, don't know. I don't think she would be. I don't think they should. Irene's very, Irene's not a strong, like, there's Patina straight up Miller not, is There's a, not a good enough part for Patina Miller in this musical. You're not wrong. <laughs> she would be Rudolph. She would be Ernestina Simple. <laughs> a cameo. She's a, a Louis Armstrong. She, She's the oh, Louis Jesus. Armstrong cameo. That's offensive, RJ. Thank you. Oh, I'm offensive, and yet all the bullshit Adam said about women all episode long hasn't been. She had agency. <laughs> well, thanks uh, for listening. RJ's going to do the rest. Okay. Thank you for listening to Show Gaze. <laughs> um, if you like the show, go find us on iTunes, and you can subscribe, and you can rate and review us, too, because that really helps out the show. Um, we want to say a huge thank you to Molly for coming over and doing this episode with us. Thank you for letting me be on Showgaze. Yeah, hopefully we'll have more guests. Thanks for listening to Showgaze. <laughs> yep, you can and find us on... this episode, Showgaze and Girl. Yeah, you can find <laughs> us on Facebook.com slash Showgaze. Keep the conversation going. What did you think about, uh... Agency. Agency. <laughs> Give us your dissertations. Thanks again for listening. Do you want to sign us off, Adam? You usually do like a little fun thing. Oh, I don't, I mean, I don't have anything fun. Uh, oh, you can't just you do it. You go your way and I'll go mine. <laughs> I got nervous. Please wave your little hand and whisper so long, dearie. You ain't gonna see me. At-